98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. We're live from the auction community studios. Happy Wednesday to you. I'm Dave Burns. This is John Gambadoro. We're the Burns and Gambo Show. Thanks for hanging out with us on your way home, or maybe you're already home. Maybe you're working from home. Maybe you're at the gym, hiking, wherever. We appreciate you hanging out with us here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Gambo, how many... It's probably too difficult a question to ask in like okay. a poll question form. Mm-hmm. But how many like old school NFL fans do you think there are who feel like the preseason should still be used for players Not getting many. ready for the season? Not many. You know, who are like who are like yeah. legitimately upset that guys don't play in the preseason anymore. Do you think there's still some yeah, out if you there? Have to pay full price for a ticket. You might be upset. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, uh, fair. Hey, somehow I got to pay full price for this crap. Um, those people may be upset. Maybe. No, I think it just because it's been like, you know, if it was just like a sudden change, right, where all of a sudden you went from, okay, like like the Major League Baseball All-Star game. They used to really play to win. Yes, they did. They hated each other. The American League and the National League. It's been a while. But like, so you like, you kind of adapt to it. Like, you kind of get used to it. It's the new norm. Hey, they're not really playing to win. Yeah. You know? And so, like, okay, the NFL, the Pro Bowl. Like, they, the Pro Bowl used to be, they used to play. They used to hit each other. Now they don't. Nobody wants to get hurt. I think we've gotten used to the preseason being the way it is. I think it's just been for, it's been so long, you know, it's been for so long now. Yeah. That it's been, you know, and it's been like a gradual thing, but over time, right? They took away, um, two a days, uh, with the, with the, with the pads, right? And they, they, they limited the amount of padded practices you could have and where you're hitting each other. And, uh, even in the off season, they limit the amount of times you have, you can have the guys come in and work out. So there's so many limitations now on, you know, that benefit the player in their health. Health and staying healthy and not getting hurt that I just think we just become accustomed to it. And, and those are the people I wonder about the most, the people who complain about training camps these days being too soft, camp cupcakes and et cetera, et cetera. You know, people like that, how, how are, are they accepting of the fact that this is how the preseason is now? And the reason I ask that question is I, I imagine that there have got to be some people who are listening to us right now. Again, I don't know how many, but there have got to be some people right now who do secretly long for the day, or maybe not so secretly, long for the days when the MLB All-Star Game, they played it like they were trying to win, and the Pro Bowl, they actually hit each other, and and they long for the days when, in preseason games, starters would play. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, when you think about it. Four preseason games, Mm -hmm. the starters would play a series or two in Game 1. And gear up in Game 2. They would play most of the first quarter and into the second quarter in Game 2. They would play the whole first half in game three uh, and come out of the tunnel and play a little in the third quarter because they wanted them to get used to that yeah, right. and coming out and, and and playing in that third quarter and then very rarely playing game four Wouldn't and, play at and all. that was the schedule for 20 years right I just wonder how many in our audience secretly long for those days because it's very clear now and it's certainly clear here with the Arizona Cardinals but you but around the league too and we'll explain in a minute that man that's not what Cliff Kingsbury's vibe is all about at all he he's not no. about playing guys in the preseason at all. No, and you know what? That's that's the trend now. It's very rare that that coaches are out there, you know, running their starters out there for three preseason games. It's yeah. just they they limited it for four preseason games now to three, and so it doesn't mean anything. What you're doing is you're getting a look at, at guys that are on the bubble. You're getting a look at second team guys, third team guys. You're just getting a look at special teams. How are you going to play that out? You're not really running anything, and you're keeping your starters healthy. It's the most important thing is to come 
not healthy. So knowing that Kyler Murray's not going to play a single snap this preseason, I, I found this interesting, and so did you. It was a tweet. It started as a tweet from the official NFL research Twitter account. So this is the league-owned research uh, department of the NFL, if you will. And they tweeted out this morning, Patrick Mahomes has played in 15 of a possible 17 preseason games in his career. So he's only missed two. He, wow. He plays in the preseason, 15 of 17. And then they go on in the same tweet to point out that in week one of the regular season, Patrick Mahomes is 4-0. and with a 71 completion percentage, 71% completion percentage, nearly 300 yards passing per game on average, 13 passing touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 133.7. And you can see the correlation they're trying to draw. That is crazy. Right? How many touchdowns since 13, interceptions? 13 pass touchdowns, zero interceptions. And the correlation is he plays in the preseason, he gets ready in week one, he's, he's, he's ready to go. You can, it's, it's as clear as day, the, yeah. the, the, the dots they're trying to connect. He plays in the preseason, therefore, look at what he does in week one. So I went down this rabbit hole today, and and we talked about this earlier. I went and looked up at the preseason stats this year in the NFL. I wanted to know how many starting or potential starting quarterbacks were playing in the preseason this year, and how much were they playing. Here's the list, and you just stop me whenever you want to talk about one. The starting quarterback who's had the most pass attempts so far in the preseason is Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville with 33. He's tied with Geno Smith of Seattle, also with 33. I'll stop you when I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay. Daniel Jones is next at 26. Patrick Mahomes is tied with him for 26 pass attempts. Next is Kenny Pickett of the Steelers, 22. He's tied with Carson Wentz, also has 22. Notice I'm not stopping you. Keep going. Mitchell Trubisky, 15. Drew Locke, 15. Justin Fields of the Bears, 14. Marcus Mariota of the Falcons, 12. Notice I'm still not stopping you. Matt Ryan of the Colts, 10. There you go, stop. Okay. That's the first elite quarterback since you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Now, one quarterback in that list is elite. Matt Ryan's an elite quarterback. So And he's got 10 throws in the preseason. 10 pass attempts. Every other quarterback you mentioned is a young developing quarterback. Every single one. It's a young developing guy or a guy who's been a bust like Carson Wentz for the last three years on three different teams. Or Geno Smith who's hopped around there's and is no, just for a There's no spot. Tom Brady in there. There's no Aaron nope. Rodgers in there. Um, there's no Carr in there. There's no Cousins in there. So I'll stop you at Matt Ryan because that's the first proven quarterback. Okay. Since you mentioned Mahomes. I'll continue. Tua Tungavailoa with eight pass attempts. Mac Jones with eight pass attempts. Baker Mayfield with seven. Jalen Hurts with six. Deshaun Watson with five. Zach Wilson with five. Trey Lance with five. Jared Goff with four. Josh Allen with three. And none of the great quarterbacks are playing. None. None of the great quarterbacks are playing. Josh Allen. Where's, that, where's Stafford in that list? Not on the where's, list. Where's Russell Wilson? Not there. Where's Aaron Rodgers? Nope. Tom Brady? Uh-uh. How about a younger guy that's a really a stud like Justin Herbert? Nope. Josh Allen? Three. Three. Three pass to... Okay. And as you pointed out earlier... Why bother? Why bother? Like, why bother? If that's all you... And he, I already right. read this morning he's not going to play in preseason game number three. Yeah. What... what so, you know, that's almost like, you know what? I'm going to go for a run today. And you run to the mailbox and back... And it's like, all right, I got it in. 
What do you mean? It was Tokyo 14 seconds. That's <laughs> more than I run every day. I, I, no, no, I hate running. I hate running. Nobody likes running. No, I, I get that. I totally understand. I'd rather walk for four miles every day than run for a half. I hate to run. I do not like it. I'll go hike a thousand feet in elevation gain before I'll run a mile. I hate to run. There's not many things that people like doing when you're stuff like like that. Oh, hiking I love to do. Like hiking, yeah. if I'm going straight up and it's and it's you're huffing and puffing and your heart feels like it's going to explode out of your chest. I love doing that. Running, hate it. I hate how my knees feel, my ankles feel. It's just I just ugh. I do like box jumping. I actually jumped okay, completely see, over a box today because like, a guy ro- challenged me. I like rowing. Love rowing. I have a you rower. Like I have row. I have a rower at the house. Okay. I love to row. Like to row. Running. Hate it. Hate it. Don't like it. Need to get some hokas. I do have. It's you actually hookahs. It's hookahs. Hookah. Hookah. The, the, hookah, the hookah one ones. I actually have yeah. hookahs. It doesn't matter. I still hate to run. I could tape giant pillows to my feet, and I would still hate to what run. If you listen to music when you run, I do. Still hate it. Yeah, nobody likes to. I don't like. But I like doing other stuff. But but there's other, like, just as much physical exertion type exercise. Rowing? Oh, my God. My heartbeat feels like it's going to come right out of my chest. I just hate the physical activity of running. Hate it. Hate it. Bear comes up behind me. I'm dead because I ain't running. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't run if you had to? No, I could run if I had to, but I, I hate it. Do not like. Yeah. A lot of people don't like to run. Yeah, I get it. I, a lot I, of people don't like I, that. And people, even the people that that are good at it, don't like to run. I'm good at it. I don't like to run. Totally get at it. Totally get it. There are other things I would choose to do every day that ends in Y over running. Anyway, that's the list of starting quarterbacks who have played in the preseason. Kyler's not going to be on that list. A whole and you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't matter. When we come back. The biggest loser in this Kevin Durant saga now that it's over. Is it the Suns? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Kevin's not here. 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 What? Where did that come from? That's from Home Alone. That's from Home Alone. Oh, man. I wouldn't. Why do I not get that? Good job. Good job, Mitch. That's really good. That was that's really, really that, good. That's really good, Mitch. Again, your your Mitch, your creative is, side is is um, is starting to really branch out here. Your creative side. Yeah, today you're mm-hmm. you're the last couple of days with this Kevin Durant stuff. That's, that's been, good. It's been Holla really at your boy. <laughs> God. <laughs> Who is that? I was I was Schefter welcoming Stephen A. Smith back to uh, was it Get Up or First Take or whichever show Stephen A. was yelling on that particular. He was Stephen A. was out for like three or four weeks, and so the first day he was back. Give me that Schefter one more time. I'll at you, boy. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so dumb. I'm trying not to laugh, and I can't. I can't not laugh at that. That's just so funny. That's good work with the Kevin from uh, Home Alone. That's really good. That That was was really good. Kevin's out here. We are uh, tying up loose ends, if you will, today. We we promised yesterday would be the last day that we'd play the, you know, Kevin Durant sounder, the, you know, KD to Phoenix watch next on the Burns and Gambo show. Okay, we gave that up. But that doesn't mean there aren't still loose ends to tie up with the... 
decision by KD and the Nets for that he's going to stay put. And I think the biggest one, I th- earlier in the show, this sparked really good conversation, and I, I want to dive a little deeper okay. into this. Yeah. There was a story this morning on ESPN.com. Uh, a kind of the five of their NBA insiders, and they were debating all things Kevin Durant now that it's over. ESPN NBA insiders break down KD saga. And I'm going to jump ahead to question number two. They asked like five questions to these five guys, and I'm just going to jump right ahead to question number two. Fill in the blank. The biggest loser in the Durant, Durant saga is blank. You know and what I said? You said the Suns. I said you can make an argument that you it's the Suns. could make an argument now, for I, the Suns. I'm, I didn't want to trade four players and four draft picks, first rounders and pick swaps, whatever, to get him. I, I wanted to limit it if you were going to get him. Um, but you can make an argument the Suns. Here's a longstanding organization that's never won a championship. You get Kevin Durant, you're the favorite. I don't care who you give up, right? Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and if they got to fill the roster with a bunch of veteran minimums, you know damn well they would have been the favorites to win the NBA championship. Absolutely. Now, the window would have been short compared to a longer window, and I prefer the longer window rather than the shorter window, but so you can make an argument that the Suns, where did he want to go? He wanted to come to Phoenix. He didn't get here, but so so in some ways, the Suns had one of the greatest players in the history of the game that wanted to come play for them. He wanted to come play for them. That's the key. And they couldn't get him. That's the key. They couldn't get him. Yep. That, that's that's the key to your argument, I think. The, the, if you're going to argue the Phoenix Suns are the biggest loser in all this, I think the key to that argument is that he wanted them. You know, when And, and on that day, on that June 30th, when the news broke that Kevin Durant wanted out and Phoenix and Miami were listed as his preferred destinations, on that day, every single single Suns fan everywhere. Oh my God, this is going to happen. We're going to get Kevin Durant. We're going to get, because what we've come to know about stars in the NBA, they get what they want. And when they want out and when they say where they want to go, they usually get that. Now I want to preface this by saying, I don't think they're the biggest losers. I'm just saying I can understand the argument that can, you can make an argument that the Suns are. I'm happy that they held on to Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, all those draft picks, because there's still so many moves that they can make going forward. And I think it extends the window, but I totally get why 80% of the fans would have like given up everything to get Kevin Durant. Yeah, and I'm in the 80%. I would have done it for, for just the reason that you said. You said you prefer the longer window to the yes. shorter window. Yes. I prefer the window that's more wide open as opposed to the one that's like half open. You know, And that's the difference here. You get Kevin Durant, yeah, that window's not open very long, but it's wide open. Whereas you don't get Kevin Durant, yeah, the window's going to be open longer, but it's not going to be open as wide as it would have been with Kevin Durant. So I was in that 80%. It's like, man, trade everything to go get this guy. I would agree the Suns aren't the biggest loser in this, but I like your argument that they, they could, could be. be. They could be. For some they people, could they could, you can make that argument. I'm surprised that not one person said the Suns. I was expecting in this, it too. this this list that you have here. Yep, I was expecting ESPN, it. right? It was an ESPN piece? Yeah, because I got the impression throughout that whole ordeal that he really wanted to come here. And not because I spoke to him, but just because it, the Booker thing, the All Star Draft, the Olympics, the 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 all of it, the it just seemed like the perfect place for him. The, the chance to go up against Golden State to join a team that he would instantly make the title favorites. I mean, I think it it seems like that was his true preferred destination. So that you could argue, sure, that that makes the Suns a true loser. The answers that were given fill in the blank. The biggest loser in the Durant saga is two of them said Durant. 
and largely because we rarely see anyone walking back a public trade request like that. I'm sure he didn't anticipate the Nets not getting the kind of offers necessary to get a deal done. And in that regard, I would admit that his reputation has been dinged a little bit. I mean, it's, I think his reputation has been dinged a lot because he's kind of the first superstar to have been told, yeah, uh, no. I mean, you could argue Kobe was back in, what, 07? Yeah. When he went to the Lakers and asked for a trade, and they're like, yeah, no, we'll get you Pau Gasol. How about that? And it worked, obviously, for the late Kobe Bryant. But very few superstars are rebuffed as publicly and as violently as Kevin Durant was by the Nets. He's like, yeah, no, dude. Nope, not happening. Nope, not at all. We support our head coach. We support our GM. You're screwed. Sorry. Yeah. So I think he lost because of that. Boston as a loser because they might have some damage Jalen repair, Brown, Jalen yeah, Brown. I could see a little bit of that I mean I could because once that name gets out of one of your top players like hey we'd like to trade you it's like you know you can't put the toothpaste back in the, the tube the tube like right I mean Jalen Brown hey you know how how much animosity is he going to hold how much bitterness is he going to hold knowing that they wanted to trade him one of the writers suggested that the biggest losers were Jalen Brown Mikel Bridges Pascal Siakam and others who had certainly if they had not heard their name names dangled in trade talks, at least had to assume that their names were being dangled in trade talks. And we just talked about Jalen Brown. Mikel, and, and I said this earlier, and I believe this, I think Mikel is just too laid back of a dude and too comfortable in his own skin to really get bothered that his name might have even been hypothetically brought up for this. Whether it was or not, everybody knows that Mikel was going to be, a, likely going to be a part of this if it was going to happen. He just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that that would really bother that much. He just seems too free and easy. Yeah, and he kind of does, right? You know, it's like, okay, dude, whatever. Like That's I get, cool. like, or he may be one of the rare guys that actually gets it. Like, you got a chance to get Kevin Durant? I get it. Maybe a lot of the other guys they don't get it. Jalen Brown, like, hey, we just we're two wins away. Like, why would you trade me? Now, Jalen Brown's one of the top two players on a team. Mikael Bridges is not one of the top two players on a team. He's a real valuable role player who continues to get better. But look, some guys may just get it. Like, I get it. You got a chance to get Kevin Durant? Yeah, I, I got to be part of that package. I understand. And he may be that type of guy. You and I were unified on this question. Fact or fiction? KD will spend all four years of his remaining contract fiction. as a net. Fiction. Fiction. In not fact, happening. In fact, you cited a poll question from our morning show today. Yep. Who's more likely to finish out their contract with their current team? Aiden the, with the Suns or KD with the Nets? Yeah, I would say Aiden. I would say Aiden. I don't well. think KD lasts four years there. It's just, I just, I don't think he has the ability to stay in one place that long. He just I don't doesn't. Think so either. He just, you he's, know, he's too much of a nomad. He, he just, he, he wants to wander, man. He really does. He's, he's a just, wanderer. He is. He just wants Who's to saying go. Dion, Dion, I'm the wanderer. Yes, I believe so. There, there were a couple versions of that song, but I think that's the one. Do you guys oh. want to know the results of that poll? Yeah, you know what? Since you yeah, got let's it in front go. of you, let's please. go with it. Eighty-two. Point seven percent say DeAndre Ayton. Seventeen point three percent say Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, I think, I think because Ayton, you know, it's funny in that that jersey unveiling yesterday. I, I don't know the backstory behind it. I do think it was funny they used DeAndre Ayton as the one to model that new jersey. It wasn't book. Oh, I wonder if they. It wasn't Paul. Like, mm-hmm. like, hey, we're good, Ben. Yeah, we're Everything's good, fine. Man. <laughs> hey, we're, we're not going to pick. 
We're not going to pick the two guys that y'all would consider to be the face of the organization. We're going to put DeAndre there. We're going to put DeAndre there. There might have been some thought. You know what? That's a good. That's a good catch by you. That might have been some thought process put into that. He looked happy as could be. Man, he's popping yeah. the jersey and he's got the boombox and he's got we're, the chain. We're going to showcase you our new Max player. He seemed very happy to be there. I know it was a promotional video, so what's he going to do, like frown and pout the whole time? No, but I thought he was an interesting choice for that and not Booker. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it means something. Maybe it means nothing. Every year, there's turnover in the NFL playoffs. Like, half the teams don't return. Which half are the Cardinals projected to be in? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. John Gambadoro, Dave Burns, thank you for hanging out with us on this Wednesday afternoon here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We will, of course, be back with you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock. And uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us then, too, if you have the chance to do so. you um, We've talked about this many, many times over the course of the offseason, the idea that every year in the NFL, you can pretty much take the last four teams that get into the playoffs, the last three teams that get into the playoffs, and a lot of times those teams don't make it the next year. There's a lot of turnover, a lot of churn kind of at the bottom of the playoff standings, you know, and the teams that just barely get in, sometimes they struggle to get in the next year. And a lot of people, and I'll include myself in that category, Gambo, kind of use that against the Cardinals. Like, look, man, this happens every year. You make it and then you don't. And unless you're unless you're Tom Brady, unless you're Matthew Stafford, chances are it's going to be a fight to get back in after you made the playoffs. And it will be. And it will be. And it's going to be hard to get It's a tough schedule. And it is. It's a tough schedule. And it's brutal. And the defense, I think, man, those guys better step up because it could really be the weak link on this team. But I was surprised today on ESPN.com, Bill Barnwell wrote a story on the five teams in the NFL that he thinks from a win-loss perspective will decline next year. You know, will will win fewer games than they did a year ago. And the Cardinals were not mentioned. I fully expected them to be one of the five teams. And neither was Tampa Bay. Nope. I clicked on that link and I thought, oh, Tampa surely the, mentioned. You know, surely he's going to have some Cardinals content here. None. And, and Tampa Bay, where they went with 13 and 4 last yeah, year 13 and yeah they're not winning 13 games this year yeah i was looking at that too like i understand it like obviously that there are always going to be some like i can understand pittsburgh not making it this year they lost their starting quarterback and they've got it and they may go with a, a rookie in, in in picket so i definitely understand that my argument for the cardinals making it is i don't think the nfc is that top i don't think there's a whole bunch of teams that are going to do that much better than them and i also look at the schedule and i don't think the cardinals are going to lose to every team that they uh, every tough team they play they're not going to lose to they're not going to go over a against Denver and the Chargers and the Raiders and the Chiefs um, and, and then the Tampa Bay. and it's the, They're going to win some of those games. They're not going to lose all those games. They're going to win some of those games. You know, now I think about it, there are a few teams I'm kind of surprised he didn't mention. The, the Bucks were the one to me. Tampa Bay is one of them. Um, I, he, he may, I'll, I'll tell you the five real quick, just before I get too far down into this. He didn't mention the Cardinals. That was a surprise to me. The five that he mentioned were the Packers, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Titans and the Falcons. He say he says numbers history show that Green Bay, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Atlanta will lose more games this year than they did last year. For the record, Tennessee won twelve games, Green Bay won thirteen, Vegas won ten, the Steelers won nine, 
The Falcons won seven. He thinks they're all going to take a step back this year. We agree on the Titans. Or the Cowboys. That's the one I thought. I thought the Cowboys should have been on that last list. Year. Yeah, I, I thought that's the one I was going to say I think should be on the list. They were 12 and 5. That team's not winning they're 12 games. They're not winning games. 12 games. They're not winning 12 no, games. No, they're not winning 12 games. I mean, I have to, I'm going to look at their schedule and see who the NFC East plays because I'm not sure. But I don't. I mean, the Eagles are definitely going to be more competitive this year. Could be a team that, you know, that, uh, that even overtakes them in the East. So they've got, they've got to play the Bucs. Well, they got to. All right, listen. Count the losses here for me, okay? Let's just do this. Let's have fun for a second. What do we do for the Cowboys here? For the Cowboys. Okay, keep Okay. Open up. They open up against the Buccaneers. Okay. I'm counting losses, right? Yeah, counting losses. Okay. Week two, Bengals. Week three, Giants. Week four, Washington. Week five, at the Rams. Week six, at the Eagles. Week seven, the Lions. Then the Bears. Week 10 at Green Bay. Week 11 at Minnesota. Then the Giants at home. Colts at home. Texans at home. At Jacksonville. Philly at home. At Tennessee. At Washington end the season. What do you got? I had six. Oh, okay. So not much more. I had, <laughs> I had six. That's just the, t- the start of it, right? The yeah, Bucks the and the Bengals. The start of it stuff. And I the Rams. You got the Bucks, the Bengals, and the Rams in the first five weeks. Yeah. I had six, which wouldn't be a huge step back for them. I, so maybe okay. maybe it's not a big surprise that they're they're not on that list. But at 12 and 5, I would have thought that's a team that should have been on that list. Uh, Tennessee, I could see at 12 and 5 taking a step back. I'll give you another team maybe that takes a step back this year. Okay. The Cleveland Browns, they were 8 and 9 last year. They're not going to have Deshaun Watson until early December. Are they going to win eight games? That might be a team that takes a step back this year. With Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback, unless they swung a deal for Jimmy G. Cincinnati, they're probably not going to beat Cincinnati. Um, Baltimore. The Ravens have the, the Ravens, I would think, are going to be better this year. They were 8 9 last year. I would take the under on eight wins with Cleveland. I would too. I think that's a team that could potentially step back this year uh, and win fewer games. Um,. Let's see. He had the he had the Vegas Raiders on there. You and I both think that's a real tough one. That division, trying to predict how that division is going to go is next to impossible. I have no idea what's going to happen in that division. I think Kansas City ultimately will rise to the top because they're Kansas City. Who else from last year do I think will win fewer games than a year ago? Um, oh, I got one. Well, I believe it anyway. I don't think the San Francisco 49ers are winning 10 games. I don't. Wow. I don't. Now I don't. They've, they've got one of the top defenses in the entire NFL. They've got one of the top rosters in the NFL. Right. I just You're feel, banking on that kid not being ready in I'm his first year. banking on the kid not first being ready. First full year. Yep. I'm banking on the kid not being ready. Just making mistakes. Yep. Just making mistakes. Just not. And he hasn't played a whole lot of football these no, last couple of he years. he hasn't. He hasn't. And not really knowing how to use his skill set. I know he's got a cannon for an arm. I know he can run. I just think there's going to be a lot of growing pains for him this year. I really, right. really and do. Right. And, and, and in the NFL, with so many games are determined by one score, a couple of mistakes by that kid is going to cost you some games. Yeah, so if I were if I were coming up with my own list, in addition to the teams that Barnwell listed, which were, again, the Packers with 13 wins, the Raiders with 10, the Steelers with 9, the Titans with 12, and the Falcons with 7. He thinks they're all going to lose or win fewer games this year than they did last year. If I were adding a couple teams to that, I would add the Cowboys, I would add the Browns, and I would add the 49ers as teams that I think will 
take a little step back. What about the Cardinals? Because you said you were surprised they weren't on that list. Yeah, I, I, if I'm being honest, I don't think the Cardinals are winning 11 games. I, uh, 10? 9? Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think they're winning 11. I would probably put the Cardinals on that list, too. Look, I'm having a hard time buying that defense. I really am. Really hard time buying that defense. Love Buddha. Love Jalen. Hope JJ's healthy. Hope Zavin and Isaiah take the steps that are need to they need to take, but there are so many question marks on that defense. Um, I, I, Vance Joseph has oh, done a great ca- job the last couple of years. Okay. I think that defense is in trouble. But if their offense outscores everybody and it's very capable of doing it, they're an extremely talented roster. Yep. If they're if they're going to play that game and they're gonna, and their defense is going to be one of the bottom seven or eighteen in the league, and they're up, but their offense is top five, they could still win a lot of games. They could still win a lot of a lot of games. They could absolutely. Congrats again to Michael Fabian from Phoenix. He was our first winner for the brand new Phoenix Suns Nike Classic Edition jersey, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 92-93 team that went to the finals. We have more jerseys to give away. Text the word jersey to six twenty six twenty for your chance to win. Again, text the word jersey if you want to win one of these classic sun burst purple jerseys that they're going to be rocking this year. Text Jersey to 620-620. What is the more depressing quarterback battle? John Skelton versus Kevin Cobb or Geno Smith versus Drew Locke? It's actually neck and neck. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Diamondbacks baseball is on tonight. They are in the bottom of the second. Zach Gallen, his scoreless inning streak is at 22 and a third innings, and he's trying to make it 23 and a third innings. If he can get out of this two-on, two-out jam that he's dealing with in the bottom of the second right now. He's got two Royals on, one first and second. And he makes about, what, $300 a game is his salary? (laughs) He's pretty good good value for 300 bucks a game. You make more per show than he makes per game, yeah. Yeah, it's... it really is incredible looking at what Zach Gallen makes. It really, it really is. I'm fascinated by it. And they've got him under control for what? What did I say? Like four more years? Yeah, they just got out of the inning two on a ground out to second base. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, at some point, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, at some point, they're, they're, it'd be really good for them to go to him and buy out some of those arbitration years, give him a contract that as a young player, you just go, oh my God, I'm making, you know, how much? $50 million, $60 million. And that way, because then you start going to arbitration with a guy like this, assuming he continues to have success like this, you have no control over what he's making, right? It's up to a judge and Yeah, that's why you might want to buy out some of those years and do a deal that tax on a couple extra years. And, you know, I also think there's a big thing in rewarding players, you know? you got to reward players. You can't always just try to nickel and dime them. You've got to reward some players that have done a good job for you. Yeah, no doubt about it. That would be another reason to to do that, too. So, in terms of locally what's on tonight, that's it. That game is on right now on ESPN 620. Diamond Backs and the Royals are headed into the third inning, and they are scoreless. Once again, circling back to um, our two kind of top stories of the day real quickly. Top story number one, the mystery of Antonio Hamilton and what has happened to Antonio Hamilton. I don't want to make more out of it. Cliff Kingsbury said from Nashville today that he's fine. But Cliff Kingsbury also, when asked what was wrong with him, gave a really uncomfortably vague answer that I, I just I don't like the sound of this. Um, we'll let you know we've won when we have to. 
when we have to. I'm not saying a thing until I have to tell you. Right now, I'm not saying anything. I don't. That's a little bit of a red flag answer to me. I don't like. I just. I mean, because if it were something minor with his calf, then I think Cliff, based off of history, would have said, "Ah, hey, he's got a little calf thing. He'll be fine." Oh, a he's lot got of a little rib thing. He does say that when it's nothing. Yeah, or, a lot of that. That's how you maybe know that. And I don't know anything, but a lot of times when it's just a day thing, like he'll just say, "No, he's fine. I'll be back tomorrow." And see, we've heard Cliff say that several times. I don't think maybe he just doesn't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe he just doesn't know what the situation maybe. was with Antonio Hamilton. And then the other thing today, Mad Bum is going to get skipped. In the rotation, Tori got Le- benched. Tori Lavello told benched. Jody Jackson that they it's a performance based decision, and mm-hmm. they are skipping Madbum in his next scheduled start. He won't pitch again until yeah. the Philly series. They have an off day tomorrow, so they can kind of compress everybody else in the rotation. I spoke with Tori about forty five minutes before the game started. He's told me that it was a tough decision to make, but one that needed to be made. So tough decision to make, but it needed to be done. And he did, did you know did tell me again? It's only one skip in the rotation, and he will be back. The NFC West, as we check-ins to see what's going on around the division and the Seahawks quarterback situation. Adam Shine today on CBS Sports called the whole thing just plain sad. On to Seattle, where basically everything surrounding the Seahawks and their quarterback situation just makes me sad. This is the most embarrassing, saddest, pathetic quarterback competition of all time between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. And I mean, it's it's brutal. And Drew Locke had COVID, so he didn't play in the second preseason game. And Geno Smith played, and he looked like Geno Smith. And the Seahawks are a disaster. This is where hope goes to die. And Kenneth Walker's out indefinitely. And the fact that you have two quarterbacks vying to be QB1 replacing Russell Wilson, and neither one, Smith or Locke, is a top 40 quarterback in the NFL, absolutely pathetic. What the hell's going on here? Listen, he's not he's not wrong. That is two things. I think that Seattle should play it this way and play these two bums, either one of them. Um, because if I'm them, I want I want to get one of the top picks in the draft next year and get my future quarterback. And the best way to do it is to play Geno Smith. Play Geno Smith. Suck it up for a year and then go get your quarterback. The other thing is maybe they do get Garoppolo. Maybe they just go get Garoppolo when he gets cut. Maybe this whole thing is a farce and they're going to end up with Garoppolo and they know they're going to get Garoppolo and they're just waiting. Maybe. I think it's one of those two things. I don't think that I don't think that Pete Carroll is unless he's lying to you every time he tells you something good about Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Those guys are terrible. Now, <laughs> as far as our Adam Shine's concerned, listen, we had Cobb Skelton to battle here in Arizona, my friend. So, you know, we had our own Geno Smith Drew Locke competition a few years ago with Cobb Skelton to battle. I might be able to make an argument that this was worse. Cobb Skelton. 2012, Kevin Cobb versus John mm. Skelton, the battle to be the starting quarterback. And I do think that was worse than Geno Smith. Smith and Drew Locke, and the only reason why is because I think the Cardinals were legitimately convinced that the winner of that battle they could win some games with. And this is nothing against, oh, I mean, I guess it is. This is obviously something against both of those guys because clearly they were wrong. But I mean, come on, man. Uh, Kevin Cobb versus John Skelton. The battle, as Gambo said way back then. We did win loss, win. Skelton was actually, Skelton would actually, they would win well, some the, games when he played. Well, they would win. And that's why it was a battle. Remember, Cobb was hurt. Well, I mean, Cobb was always hurt, but he was hurt that first year, and Skelton came in and won some games in the second half of that season. And he that's, did. that's he why did. there was a battle. It was like, okay, his numbers aren't great. And he doesn't look awesome doing it, but they win games when Skelton's the quarterback. So Wizenhunt and all of his Who's wisdom. won more games?
names? Cobb, Skelton, or Geno Smith or Andrew Luck? <laughs> like, who's won more games? That which combination is one more game? Which combination? Yeah. All right, you look up. How Luck. do you do? Like, how do you how do you look it up? Right. Oh, Geno Smith is nineteen and twenty six in his career. Wait, Drew Lock is what? No, I got Gino. You got Gino. Okay, I got, got Gino. Okay, so Gino is what is he? I got Gino. Nineteen wins, twenty six losses. Drew Lock is eight and thirteen. That's twenty seven. Okay, give me a minute. I'll All give right. you John Skelton here. Hold on, John Skelton. The internet is like, why do you want to look him up? Um, <laughs> John Skelton went eight and nine. Okay, and Kevin Cobb. Boy, this is gonna be close. Twenty seven to eight right now. This is gonna be close. What is it? Kevin Cobb and his career went nine and twelve. Seventeen wins compared to twenty-seven. Wow, not it's not close. Not close at all. Cobb Skelton, the battle was worse. <laughs> I mean, Adam Shine. Somebody message Adam Shine. Hey guys, Cobb Skelton, the battle. This Come is on. sad. <laughs> like you know, I you think, think Pete Carroll is smart? I think John Schneider is smart, and I think this is the dumbest calculation I've ever seen. <laughs> Those guys have twenty-seven combined wins compared to 17. <sighs> and, it's, and somebody's going to be quarterback for Seattle this year and win a few more games. I think, look, next Tuesday, Jimmy Garoppolo's probably getting cut from the San Francisco 49ers. I uh, say probably. And when he does, I think Seattle's going to jump all over him. Unless they're just doing this for the draft pick, which might be a possibility what, as well. What, what should they do? I, I, think, should they I do? think they should play for the draft pick. I think pick. they should play for the draft pick. I think because Jimmy G, I think, is good enough to win six or seven games in Seattle. I think they should play for the draft. I think so, too. We'll see what they do. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We're going to see you tomorrow straight up to o'clock right here on the Burns and Yambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.